0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. My name is Patrick Rao, and I'm NGI's Director of Strategy and Research. If you listen to this, let's call this podcast part two of two of our third quarter 20 North American Natural Gas Value Trend Earnings Conference Call Takeaways, with this one being sponsored by our new publication, LNG Insight. So as you can imagine, this podcast is focused on LNG. As a reminder, you can find our main third quarter Earnings Takeaway podcast on the same platform you use to download this one and we certainly urge you to do just that. Now, one quick word before we start. We're happy to announce that we just celebrated the one year anniversary of our LNG Insight publication in October. We at NGI created this service to help lend North American slant to the global LNG industry with the aim of bringing key information to the US physical market in particular. However, the reverse is also true in that our coverage and data can help international LNG players make sense of the US market. So we certainly hope to provide something for everyone. For more information on LNG Insight or to sign up for a free trial, we invite you to check out our website at www.naturalgasintel.com. So with that, let's dive into a few of the most frequently discussed LNG topics raised by management and asked by analysts during this latest earnings season. And the first thing is really just, look, LNG will continue to increase its influence on the U.S. natural gas market. The United States is easily the fastest growing nation in terms of global LNG supply this year and will end up increasing its capacity in 2020 by roughly 50% year over year. The shipping company Flex LNG estimates that on average, 77% of U.S. LNG export capacity was used this year. But why not closer to 100%? Scheduled maintenance will always have an impact on that, and the stormy weather in the Gulf Coast this hurricane season has certainly played a factor in that as well. And to put that last point into perspective, Timothy Duncan, the CEO of Gulf of Mexico-focused producer Talos Energy, noted the Gulf of Mexico typically experiences five to seven days of weather-related downtime. But through November the 5th, it had racked up approximately 35 weather-related downtime days this year. Now that, as the math heads say, is statistically significant. And I said math heads, not meth heads. You know, this is not an episode of Breaking Bad, although that's a very, very good show. But anyway, really the main culprit behind uh, this less than 100% utilization figure, it's cargo cancellations. And I'll discuss that more in a moment. Now beyond 2020, LNG is expected to be the main driver behind U.S. natural gas demand growth for the next decade according to a forecast by Wood Mackenzie that Kinder Morgan included on its third quarter conference call presentation, U.S. gas demand is expected to grow by 21.2 BCF a day through 2030. And we estimate that roughly two thirds of that is LNG related, either as LNG itself, or as gas that is consumed during the liquefaction process. Now, given that publicly traded producers are no longer focused on growth for growth's sake, The U.S. natural gas market will be a demand pull rather than a supply push market going forward. And seeing that LNG is the main demand growth driver, global events and market conditions will have an increasing influence on U.S. gas prices. Domestic buyers and sellers simply must keep tabs on the global gas market. Our second point today is that U.S. cargoes are likely to be more seasonal going forward. Now, according to various third-party estimates, Anywhere between 160 and 180 U.S. cargos were canceled in 2020. So for argument's sake, let's call that 170. And per U.S. Department of Energy data, the average size LNG cargo this year has been 3.3 BCF. That means roughly 580 BCF of gas that was otherwise expected to be exported via LNG remained in the United States between April and October. And those months just so happened to be during the US storage injection season. On October the 30th, US gas and storage was 200 BCF more than it was last year at the same time. So, no question, those cargo cancellations added to the year over year surplus heading into this winter. So, what caused those cancellations? There are a number of things. One is that a warm global winter last year and reduced global demand from COVID pushed global gas prices lower, which eliminated the arbitrage spread between shipping gas from the U.S. to the main global markets in Asia and Europe. A second factor is that the variable costs of producing U.S. natural gas tend to be higher than those in other major LNG-producing nations, such as Qatar, Australia, and Russia, and that relative cost disadvantage can be pronounced during low global prices. Finally, and perhaps the biggest reason, is that US LNG cargoes are among the most flexible in the world in that they even can be canceled. For example, Cheniere allows cargoes to be canceled 60 days in advance. Now, off-takers still have to pay the fixed liquefaction fees, but they have the option to cancel when the spread doesn't cover their variable costs. We at NGI monitor the profitability of shipping U.S. LNG via our separate Sabine Pass to Asia, and Sabine passed a Europe arbitrage curves that appear in our LNG insight service. Now, one cool thing about our curves is we base those calculations on both variable and total costs, with the difference being how we treat vessel charter costs. For shippers who don't already have a vessel, that cost is variable. But for those who do have vessels under take or pay provisions, that cost is fixed and therefore shouldn't really be included in the calculation. So we believe that this approach offers a more holistic view of the market than some of the other arbitrage calculations that are out there. So anyway, both sets of curves are subtly in the black for January. Therefore, we certainly don't expect any US cargo cancellations for that month. In fact, based on current conditions, we believe the arbitrage window is open for all of 2021 right now. But as is the case with all Ford curves in all commodity markets, those can and will change over time and therefore need to be monitored very closely. Up to that end, we note that Flex LNG estimates that there will be 85 US cargo cancellations in 2021, in large part because of expected structural seasonality in the global marketplace. Now that can change if we have an extremely cold global winter, but even if the US does see 85 cargo cancellations next year, it would mean that there would be 300 BCF less gas returned to the U.S. than there was in 2020. So that right there would be more supportive of 2021 Henry Hub gas prices, everything else being equal. Finally, and our last topic for today is just how big will the second wave of Greenfield U.S. LNG liquefaction facilities be? Baker Hughes noted on its third quarter call, that the world still needs another 50 to 100 million tons per annum of global liquefaction capacity over the next three to four years. And even longer term, Chenier believes that number is more like 350 million tons per annum to meet global energy demand in 2040. Competition for building this capacity will be intense. COVID has pushed many FID decisions into 2021. And in fact, The recently announced positive FID for the 2.4 million tons per annum Energía Costa Azul facility in Mexico, that's the only global project to reach positive FID this calendar year. Make no mistake, a rash of FIDs will be required to meet expected demand growth in the not too distant future. Now, more than a few analysts inquired this quarter about the United States' ability to help fill this gap. And while lots of variables are in play, It appears that any increase in US export capacity may come more from existing facilities than from the proposed new build projects, at least over the short to midterm. For example, number one, NextDecade recently announced that Engie would no longer pursue capacity at the proposed Rio Grande facility in Brownsville, Texas, because of concerns about purchasing LNG sourced from shale. Europe is leading the global effort to decarbonize, and the French government owns 24% of the company. Perhaps now this is a one-off situation, but there are plenty of other existing European-based capacity holders at the U.S. facilities. But if this is any indication of overall European sentiment, then it will be that much more difficult for the proposed U.S. new-built facilities to gain the contractual support that they need. And by the way, this is all the more ironic given that next decade plans to use carbon capture and storage technology to remove up to 90% of the CO2 emission from the liquefaction process. So you know, if companies are seeing through that, that doesn't necessarily bode well for new-built facilities in the Gulf of Mexico. Another development from last week is that Petronet pulled out of their memorandum of understanding to purchase up to 5 million tons per annum as an equity investor in Tellurian's proposed driftwood terminal, citing the relative abundance of LNG from other sources. A third factor here is there is physical room to add more trains at the existing lower 40 facilities. And Chenier and Cameron, which is Sempera's they have plans to do just that, depending on global interests. those would be brownfield rather than greenfield projects. Finally, Chenier noted that through the efficiency gains, it's been able to squeeze out the equivalent of another new train of capacity via its existing transits at being passed in Corpus Christi, with the upside to gain a bit more. Now look, there's no telling whether the other four existing U.S. terminals and two that are under construction have similar upside, but any extra capacity there can help at least defer the need for some extra new builds, everything else being equal. Well, that's all we have for today. I'd like to remind you that we track these and many other topics that can influence U.S. natural gas prices in our daily LNG Insight publication. For more on that, or to request a free trial, you can go to our website at www.naturalgasintel.com. On behalf of everyone at Natural Gas Intelligence, I'd like to thank you for your time today. And wherever you are, we hope you remain safe. Take care and talk again soon.